Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where the people, places, happenings, and history of West Seattle intersect. I'm your host, Keith Bacon. In this episode, we learn about the West Duwamish Greenbelt Trails Group, a volunteer-run organization working to connect the people of the Duwamish Peninsula to their namesake nature area that's right in many of our own backyards. This episode of Always West Seattle is a program of the Southwest Seattle Historical Society and is supported through a grant from the City of Seattle's Department of Neighborhoods. And we'd like to begin by acknowledging that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, past and present. And we honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. The Duwamish Peninsula is home to many places where nature takes the spotlight, in our parks, on our streets, at the shoreline, and from just about every angle you can view. But one of the biggest natural wonders of West Seattle might also be its best-kept secret. We took to the streets for a completely unscientific survey to find out how many people knew that the largest contiguous forest in the whole city was right here in West Seattle. Can you name the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? Oh, in Seattle. Um, whatever this one is called down here, Stuart Smith. Schmitz Park? Yeah. Nope, that's incorrect. <laughs> it's the West Duwamish Greenbelt. Oh, and the one right where I live. Do you know how big it is? No. Do you want to guess? 47, no, that would be too big. 4,700 acres. It's actually 500 acres. You should go check it out. Yeah, I will. I will. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Can you name the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? Schmitz Park. No. Do you want to guess again? Not a clue, no. It's the West Duwamish Greenbelt. Do you know where that is? Yes, I do. Yeah. Do you yes. live near it? No. I mean, driving distance. Yeah. How big do you think it is, the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? No clue. 500 acres. All right. Now you know. All right, thank Thanks. you. <laughs> okay, can you name the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? Is it? I don't think it's Lincoln Park, is it? That's a good guess, but it's, it's actually the West Duwamish Greenbelt. Do you know where that is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Off of West Marginal sort of area? How big do you think it is? I have no idea. <laughs> it's 500 acres. 500? Mm-hmm. Now you know. Thank you. <laughs> can you name the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? I cannot. Do you want to know what it is? Sure. It's the West Duwamish Greenbelt. Do you know where that is? I do. How big do you think it is? I have no idea. 500 acres. That's amazing. I think so too. Can you name the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? The largest continuous forest in Seattle. Contiguous. Contiguous. Oh, um, what does contiguous mean? Like connected. Connected. Okay. Um... I'm gonna go with, um, I'm trying to think of like a famous park that people tell me about, mm -hmm. Discovery Park. That's a good guess, that's a really good guess, but it's actually the West Duwamish Greenbelt. Do you know where that is? No. It's, uh, it's about 500 acres, this largest contiguous forest in Seattle. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, so like, where is it? Like what part of the city? Uh, it's, it's here in West Seattle. That's actually really cool. Mm -hmm. I guess it really is the Emerald City with that, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Can you name the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? Olympic National Rainforest. In Seattle? <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you, how big do you think it is? <laughs> well, we have a few little ones, but mm -hmm. none like the, yeah. None like that one. 
thanks. Can you name the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? Cascades? In Seattle. Oh, in Seattle. I'm stumped, bro. I'm sorry. It's the West Duwamish Greenbelt. How big do you think it is? <laughs> in acres or? Yeah. It's called 3,000 acres. It's actually 500 acres, but that's a good guess. Thank you. <laughs> can you name the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? Oh, I can. You can? Isn't it Duwamish? That's right. The Duwam That's Duwamish Greenbelt. Yeah. The <laughs> how big is it? I don't know. How, what's your guess of how big it is? Oh, God. I have, like, no concept of space. Um, like, 10,000 square miles? No, about, that's, no, that's, that's 20,000 square feet. I don't know. <laughs> oh, how about an acres? How about an acres? That's, I don't know. Or miles? 50 acres. Okay, yeah, well, it's 50 acres. 50 acres? It's actually 500. Okay. But congratulations, you got that. Thank you. Can you name the largest contiguous forest in Seattle? Uh, I would love to give you a, a good answer, but I was absolutely eavesdropping on you to asking this question to other people. Oh, what did you hear? Was it, it's the Duwamish Greenbelt? That's right. Oh, my listening skills are great. Did you hear how big it is? Oh, I think it was... What, like, what did you say, 500? <laughs> You're good, yeah. <laughs> Do you know where it is? Uh, let's see, is the Northern Peak in West Seattle? Pigeon Point. Pigeon Point, okay. Have you ever been there before? Uh, have I been to Pigeon Point? I think I have been to Pigeon Point. How about the Green Belt? Green Belt, I've, I've, I've been around through, there's that school that's over there. Yeah, I, I lived off uh, Delridge for about three years, okay. and so I'd, I'd hang out up there every now and then. I love that the last person I talked to there figured things out by paying attention to his neighbors. Very West Seattle. <laughs> anyway, some people who are very familiar with this area in question are members of the West Duwamish Greenbelt Trails Group, who have been working for years to develop a unified strategy to protect, restore, and promote use of this area. With their recently released interactive trail map accessible by smartphones and an upcoming event featuring guided hikes and oral histories, we wanted to learn more about the people whose interest in this area has led to creating real connections in the community and underfoot. I'm Judy Bentley. My interest in the West Wabish Greenbelt came because I taught at South Seattle College for many years in the Greenbelt borders the college for mm. quite a ways, so that's how I got into this. And my name is Craig Rankin. I live in Highland Park, Riverview neighborhood. Those are two neighborhoods I live near the border. And I've been there about 20 years, and I have a family. I have two kids, and I'm married, and am close to the Greenbelt. As a new parent, I just really was seeking adventure. I wasn't done adventuring, and there's about four miles of green space, so it was a big playground, and that's what drew me in. Who started the West Duwamish Greenbelt Trails Group? Give us a little background on this. Well, I think we started it together. I was teaching at South Seattle College and very aware of the Greenbelt. Some teachers, the environmental studies teacher, landscape horticulture, would have students into the Greenbelt, but it was fairly unknown. And I felt we needed a closer connection with the neighborhood. And I found out about this group, the R-Trip group. I think I found out from the environmental coordinator at the Port of Seattle. And I wanted to know some neighbors who might be involved in working in the Greenbelt. Mm -hmm. And he gave me Craig's name. And was that 10 years ago? It's about somewhere 10 years, around that. Yeah. And, and I'm like, Judy, that, that's a great idea. We'd like to see the Green Belts connected. And our trip was, that was part of their goal. They were trying to actually build a, a bike trail that kind of went 
through the green belt down to West Marginal. And I was already involved with neighborhood needs through Highland Park Action Coalition, working with the city, like I work with SDOT and various departments. So I had a little idea that maybe we should go talk with the Department of Neighborhoods. We contacted them and we thought we'd maybe start with a public meeting. Mm-hmm. And that is where we met the core group of the people that have been involved with Widget over the past 10 years. Right. So we had a there were maybe 50 people or so at the... At the college. At the college, mm-hmm. yeah. It was a community meeting on Saturday, and we brainstormed and asked people what they wanted to see. Yeah, it was a visioning kind of exercise. We had a bunch of papers laid out and what kind of activities you'd like to see. And we took our core values from that meeting, and some amazing folks came out of that meeting. And I think we discovered people like Paul West, who knew the green belt, who walked it, who had done some revegetation already and mm-hmm. reforestation. Mm-hmm. Steve Richmond had been very active in... Puget Creek restoration. So we really, there were people there who had done a lot, but individually. So this, we just wanted to come together and be an advocacy group for trails in the green belt. A homegrown effort, if you will. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And how familiar were each of you with the West Duwamish green belt? Did you know much about it? before like you worked next to it? Did you have a sense of the history of it or anything? I had very little. I think Craig knew it every foot of it. No, I was very passionate about what I found in the Greenbelt and what I found online about the history of the Greenbelt, especially the Highland Park, Lake Burien, streetcar I, I heard ran right below where I lived. And I was like, oh, wow. there's got to be a trail there. Uh-huh. And I really felt like there should be a trail connecting West Seattle Bridge with West Crest Park, which is, I was at that time hiking the entire ring belt. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, I knew it. I know it very well. Yeah. How would you say it has changed over the years that you've been going in there? And what are some of the greatest threats or challenges to its existence? I think you have to look back further to really talk about change in the green belt. Cause it's certainly at late 18, what late 1800s is probably when most deforestation took place. And there were clay mines for building bricks. There was sand scraped off it. the overburden for the clay. Mm-hmm. It was soil and the trees. And the green belt is certainly a victim of industry in this country. And all the conifers were virtually stripped. And so it's healing. Mm-hmm. And when I got to the neighborhood, the Nature Consortium, which was started by this woman, uh, Nancy Whitlock, she was well ahead of the curve. She focused on the West Duwamish green belt and planted thousands of conifers. And she ran programming, working with students and did the Arts and Nature Festival. Eventually they were doing that annually or biannually. Wonderful event. There'd be a cello playing and there'd be people planting plants. It was really something to see. I've never seen anything like it really. That is a huge change, right? So we're talking about like mid nineties when the Seattle Parks Department started focusing, oh, we have some invasive species and our forests are dying. So we have to do something. That's when they became aware of it. And eventually they would form the Green Seattle Partnership. Like they they brought in these non-for-profits with parks and working to manage urban forests. But Nancy was way ahead of it. She had an amazing thing happening in the West Duwamish Green Belt. And that kind of was losing steam because she eventually retires the DNDA, the Delridge Neighborhood Development Association, takes over the Nature Consortium, mm. shift their focus largely to Longfellow Creek. So that that was a change. Um, but parks in there, there's still a lot of restoration happening in the Greenbelt. One of my interests in the Greenbelt was that I was teaching Pacific Northwest history. Mm-hmm. And as part of that at the college, I had a unit on the Duwamish River and on the Treaty of Point Elliot that Chief Seattle signed. And I would want to get students out in the field to get down to the river. (laughs) Uh, And you can't get down to the river very easily without driving south or north. So 
there was a real interest in how how can we just have a trail through mm-hmm. the green belt that would get down to the longhouse that would establish a more direct connection there with the Duwamish people and the longhouse. Was there a student trail building project that came out of that at all? Or I'd say that's still the long-term project of our group. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say currently are some of the biggest issues facing this area? Seattle Parks did build some trails, mm-hmm. particularly at the Holly and 14th Trailhead. And neighborhood groups have done a lot of work on the north end, too. But in terms of trail building, people have built social trails. Mm -hmm. They're muddy. They're not maintained. They could create erosion. But people will find their way through there. So one of the biggest challenges is we'd like to get more constructed trails through the green belt. So it would be more accessible. I think people are... A little bit reluctant. There are no signs. We have a great map now that's been a project of the group that you can access and we'll show you exactly where you are in the green belt while you're there. But there aren't many signs. I think people are a little reluctant, some people, to go into the green belt (laughs) fearing they will get lost, Mm. uh, which... A valid concern, unless you have your phone on you or a... Or a map, a good map. A good map. (laughs) So you have an event coming up with the Southwest Seattle Historical Society, and we are sitting in the Log House Museum right now. So thanks for coming down here for for this interview. The event is coming up April 22nd at the Duwamish Longhouse. Tell us a little bit about that event and how it came to be. Well, we keep hearing stories of the history of the Green Belt. We kept hearing about people who knew where the stables were, where the kiln dust had been dumped, which is a real concern in the Green Belt. There was a military installation. What was it technically? I don't I know. Oh, it was a surveillance institution installation during World War II and barrage balloons. And we hear these stories about how people had interacted with the Greenbelt, beginning mm-hmm. even with Ken Workman and the Duwamish history of the use of the Greenbelt. Our group has been collecting history that relates to the Greenbelt. Mm-hmm. It's on our website. And a lot of that came through Alan Robertson, who collected a lot of information about Riverview. And so we're just carrying on in that. We're going to have two guided hikes. Mm-hmm. One will go from the Longhouse to the top of the ridge. And the other one will go across the street to the village site, the mm-hmm. Duwamish village site. That'll be a shorter hike. So we'll have two hikes at which people will at least be familiar with the Greenbelt and maybe they'll hear some history along the way. But then we will have a gathering at the Longhouse in which people will share their personal experiences, what they know of the history of the Greenbelt, including people like Tom Rasmussen, who was quite involved in some of the different land development proposals that happened to build housing and to build soundway a road through there some of that land use history will right. come out too so we'll be asking people to to share their history mm-hmm. of the green belt cool and so this event is happening at the duwamish longhouse and i don't want to put you in a position of speaking for the duwamish but from your perspective What does this land mean to them? Ken Workman has led uh, a couple of hikes through the Green Belt and spoken very eloquently about this. Mm -hmm. Ken being the great, 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 great grandson, I believe, (laughs) of Chief Seattle. But he also grew up right near the Green Belt. So he was in it all the time. And he will tell you of the uh, kind of the genetic material of the people. uh, When Chief Seattle said, you must respect the graves of our elders, he says, it's the trees and the dirt of the green belt. This is people. And the Longhouse has uh, been very interested in having a trail that would go from the Longhouse through the green belt, too. And they have built a small trail 
They've done some interpretive plaques on native plants. We've also had native plant tours through the Greenbelt talking about the uses that have been traditionally been made of clay, for one thing. Mm -hmm. The Greenbelt has blue clay, which was used by native people. Is that a unique clay that you know of? I don't know. I know it was used in the making of bricks, which Mm -hmm. was... The industrial use, too. Yeah, Yeah, so it's probably not uh, unique. unique. (laughs) Let's talk about some other things that we would find in the Greenbelt. What sort of wildlife might one encounter while traversing the trails? A lot of uh, mini raptors. Um, I've seen red-tailed hawk and Cooper's hawk and osprey, bald eagles, blue heron. And um, I've seen maybe one coyote in 20 years. So, uh huh. Just one. Yeah, that's it. A couple of moles. <laughs> Judy, what have you seen? Ducks. 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 Oh, yes, really? of course, so a lost pond. Yeah, there's yeah. this pond and a seasonal pond. Fairly uh-huh. gets pretty boggy in the summer, but it's a pond now again. And the ducks will come back each year to that pond, which We don't know if that's natural or if it's a result of gravel mining in the area. Mm. So maybe we'll find that out at the event on the 22nd. And alligator lizards, I've seen some of those. uh, Slugs. Salamanders. It's a wet space for Mm -hmm. most of the year. Yeah, moist, as is the region. (laughs) What are some other projects or events that Widget, as you call your group, are working on or the ways that people can explore these trails? Before COVID, we had a summer series of guided hikes Mm -hmm. um, each month, Saturday during the summer on spring. And they've been on a variety of themes on history, on native plants, on mushrooms, a meditation hike, birds. Watershed. Bugs. Bugs was a very Mm -hmm. popular one, Mm -hmm. actually. And we did some virtual ones during COVID and we'll gradually resume those two. So guided hikes is one of the best ways, I think, to get people familiar with the green belt. Yeah, there's a lot to see in the green belt and it changes over the year, the seasons. Right now it's Indian plum, it's some chillium, it's salmonberry soon after that. It's a really beautiful place. There's a lot to explore. There's a lot of relief. There's a lot of ups and downs when you're hiking the green belt. It's, mm-hmm. not a, it's not an easy place to hike necessarily. I was curious about that of generally in the trails. What levels are we talking about? Beginner, advanced? What can people expect from the trails there? There are, I think, four Seattle parks within the green belt mm-hmm. that are separated by these natural areas. So they're not contiguously one park. We have Westcrest Park, Riverview, Pigeon Point Park, and Puget Park. And all of those have their own little trails networks. The mm-hmm. park's done a wonderful job. Many of them are accessible. Many of them support most users. It's getting in between where there are some moderate hikes and there are some that are maybe for only advanced hikers at this stage. And we're hoping to work with parks to improve on and make them most accessible over time. There's a fair amount of water in the green belt. So some some stream crossings Mm -hmm. too. Besides the pond, what are some of the other water features that people might encounter? Puget Creek is the next one that comes to mind. And there's a really nice trail that starts at, what is it, 18th and Dawson. And it basically parallels the creek through Puget Park and, it's a nice neighborhood loop. You can come up below some power lines or head south into the Greenbelt or up to Pigeon Point Park. And the next feature would be Puget Tributary A, which is pretty impressive, very steep creek. We actually have a Lasutsi name, which I wish I could remember the name of it. But we worked with Ken, actually, when we came up with this new map to, to give 
some of these areas names, Lachutzi names. Do either of you have the personal favorite trail or spot in the Greenbelt? I like to stay on the very maintained trail, which yes. starts at Tahale and 14th. And there's two areas there. That one will go to Lost Pond. And I think that's a real fun destination. You mm -hmm. just don't expect to find that. But there's also a bench the Parks Department has put in. And mm -hmm. in the winter, when there's not so many leaves, it's a nice overview of the river. And of course, all the time you're getting this industrial sound of the river yeah. <laughs> and along the river. Such a combination of a heavily industrialized area, but here you are with also the sound of water and birds and a very green feel. So mm -hmm. that's quite a juxtaposition of those two. Very a real urban forest, mm -hmm. I'd say. You're not going to make me pick a favorite. No, it's all beautiful. And, <laughs> How about uh, the streetcar line? You really have done a lot on the. I'm intrigued with the streetcar line. It's not a great trail, honestly. Uh, we're very interested in figuring out exactly where it was. And we had documents from uh, Rob Petricide, who, yeah, he did a lot of research on it. We He was very helpful and supportive, as was Mike Bergman, who speaks for at least a solid hour on the topic. And um, I believe we were able to locate most of the remaining segments where the streetcar used to run, but it's not all that great as a trail. Yeah, Puget Park is beautiful. I think the part that I would say don't go to, but I think is beautiful someday, mm -hmm. maybe um, heading to the south of Highland Parkway. The ridge lines are amazing. There's a lot of native plants and a true adventure down the road when the trails come. <laughs> so cool. don't, don't go there yet. Okay. Something yeah. to look forward to. Something we should talk about is forest stewardship. That's been a part of the widget <laughs> group that you it's and other people have done has, more than yeah. others. So tell you should talk about what you do as a forest steward in the green belt. I, before I met Judy, I actually went to the parks department and I found Michael Yadrick. I said, hey, we have some trails over here. And at the time they said, we can't build these trails, but we can make you a forest steward and we could use some resources and you can start in working on this with us. And so I engaged in that and I absolutely love native plants now. That's been about a decade for me. And in our group, Christine Clark is also a forest steward. Her husband, Matt, is more involved with Widget, but she is a super active forest steward and super awesome volunteer and human being. So has, you organize work parties She too. has organized, yeah, there was a group that had started a segment of trails through Puget Park and they picked up the ball halfway through and brought it to the end zone. They're great organizers and, and like I said, wonderful people. What does that mean exactly when you were made a forest steward? What does that mean to become um, a forest steward? To what become do you a forest steward, yeah, you go through a training um, and you learn the uh, bureaucracy, the, <laughs> the steps that you should take to, to plant plants in the green spaces and get approval and, mm -hmm. what, and how to do that in an appropriate manner. And there are forest stewards across the city in all the various parks. And I think we're all a little different. Mm -hmm. Some of us are really great at, Get, getting people together and uh, and having work parties. I'm a little more rogue. I kind of take bare root trees and go into the green belt and plant them with a one or two uh -huh. friends. All right. Uh, but there's lots of different people doing that work. It's important work. You have potted cedars in your yard, right? Yeah. You I'm just grow cedar saplings. Plant, so they got more than they bargained for. But <laughs> I think mostly they just want to keep tabs on me. Yeah. <laughs> Is it working? No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Are there other organizations or entities that you collaborate with in your efforts in the Greenbelt? We've worked with the Duwamish tribe. They applied for a grant for a trails plan around the Longhouse, I think it was about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And with that, we formed a steering committee and that had some neighborhood groups. And after the grant was finished and the trails feasibility was assessed, we wanted to continue on to the next steps to look for more grants, to build trails, to look for a larger plan for the entire Greenbelt. And at this point, the Duwamish tribe 
supports the Ridge River Group, which has now applied for a large master plan or a visioning statement to mm-hmm. develop with the NDA, Highland Park Action Coalition, Highland Park Improvement Club, and other organizations. Green Seattle Partnerships is part of it, too. And how about Duwamish Alive folks? Yep, Duwamish Tribal Services is part of the Ridge to River Green Seattle's partnership and the Trails Division and Parks. Parks has actually been very supportive of us, given what they can do. And yeah, Michael Yadrick has supported us as forest stewards, and I think has supported trails over the long haul. And the Parks Department has given us approval to go for this grant and shown their support. Pathfinder School, too, we should mention, too. Pathfinder students can often go down to the Longhouse. It's not a very long hike from the school to the Longhouse. Mm-hmm. It's shorter than the college to the Longhouse. It's a muddy hike and not an easy one, I think. But they, they very much want to have that connection, the same kind of ridge to river trail mm. that the college wants so that they can get down to the Longhouse, too. Yeah, it's exciting to think that this could be a great opportunity for learning experiences for students at all sorts of different mm-hmm. levels. How can people in the community support your work? and the West Duwamish Green Belt. We meet every month, and we'd be happy to have people come. It's a very open meeting. It's been Zoom for the last few years. Mm -hmm. makes it easy. Second Tuesday of the month. You can find information on our website about that. Come participate in the hikes. And supporting forest restoration events anywhere in the Green Belt is going to help the cause and improve the green space. And I think just use the green belt, too. Use it responsibly, I think. Another thing, I think we've seen a couple, we've had problems with motorcycles, most people are pretty respectful, mm-hmm. but one motorcycle can do a lot of damage, on, yeah. on especially mm-hmm. on soft clay trails or muddy trails. But I think people using the green belt is a, is what's going to make the connection more lively mm-hmm. and make people more aware of it. So just um, try it out. We have this new map, <laughs> which is very helpful, I think. Yeah, and uh, I'll put in the show notes the website link to find the new map. And is there anything else that you'd like to add? Have fun and be safe out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks to both of you for coming down to the Log House Museum for our little chat today. Thanks for all the great work that you're doing for this really amazing community resource. It seems weird to call it something like that. It's a beautiful place, but it is a resource for learning and relaxing and connecting with the natural wonders of the Duwamish Peninsula. And that's pretty awesome. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you. To learn more about the West Duwamish Greenbelt Trails Group, including how you can get involved with their work and how to access their cool new map of the trails, look for links in our show notes for this episode. And don't miss the West Duwamish Greenbelt Stories program at the Duwamish Longhouse on April 22nd, presented by the Southwest Seattle Historical Society and the West Duwamish Greenbelt Trails Group. The program includes guided hikes through the Green Belt, followed by a panel program highlighting the tribal, industrial, and ecological history of Seattle's largest contiguous forest. Find more info in our show notes and at loghousemuseum.org. That's it for this episode of Always West Seattle. If you like what you heard, be a trailblazer, would you? And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And it would be awesome if you shared this episode with your friends, neighbors, co-workers, and anyone you know who's ever set foot in a forest. We also appreciate your mentioning us in your posts on Facebook and Instagram, where our handle is Always Podcast. And if you've got a great idea for a story we should know about, drop us a line through either of those social media platforms or email keith at madewithbacon.com. 
Always West Seattle is a Made with Bacon production, all rights reserved. Interviews have been edited for brevity and clarity. I'm Keith Bacon. Thanks for listening.